You're listening to the Just Giants Podcast with Grump and the Cranky Fan. Be sure to listen for free on iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, and Podbean. Welcome back to Just Giants with Grump and the Cranky Fan, the best damn podcast for the best damn football team. I am your host, the football grump. With me, as always, is Mike, the Cranky Fan, and it's, it's Sunday. We are, it's a mid, middle of the, the football day Sunday. It's been a weird football Sunday, Grump. Uh, a lot of these games, you know, we have so many backup quarterbacks playing and just kind of bad football. It's just, I don't know. I've been, I've been watching... Um, Red Zone all day today. I haven't really focused in on anything. I know Cranky White's been watching the 49er game, but even that has just been just a hodgepodge of not good football. I, I had the Jets game on, so all I've, all, I didn't have anything to choose from but bad football. So It just really, really fr- – this, this year has been a, just a year of what if for me. I mean, what if Daniel Jones wasn't hurt? You know, what if – you know, Florida's quarterback didn't get hurt to play Florida State. There's so many because if you know, if Daniel Jones is, is is playing all year and he's playing, you know, even if you know ninety percent he was last year, I think things are a lot different the way this conference is. I think we were doing show prep and you mentioned something about if you're just a five hundred record and you're starting quarterback, you could go pretty far in the playoffs this year. And I feel it's a wasted opportunity. Yeah, it's it sucks, but the injury bug is something that just happened around the league this year. And you know what's what really frustrates me is it's clear with all of the injured quarterbacks, maybe I'm forgetting one. Not one of them got hurt on a penalty, right? All these new, like, roughing the passer penalties that are supposed to, like, save everybody's lives, they don't really work, do they? They just infuriate everyone? I mean, for what the, what they're calling, you know, they're killing a butterfly with a hammer. I mean, it's... uh. You, you barely graze a guy's head, that's 15 yards. Barely grazing a guy's head is not going to give a guy a concussion. A concussion is banging your head very hard against the turf. It is you know, all these different things, and you can't prevent that. This is football. This is a, a violent, very, very fast game with elite athletes going as fast as they can at each other and trying to kill each other, and it's going to happen. Um, I, I don't really know what the solution for any of this is unless you wanted to make this game into like the Olympics in, in flag football. I don't think anybody wants that. And I think it's just unfortunately, you know, I think some of the things you said, Grump, you know, if they implement now, like really make the XFL into a league where you can develop quarterbacks and really, you know, place a priority on developing quarterbacks. So when they have to get into the league and they have to play in situations like this, they don't look like deer in a headlight or just that incompetent. And I think that's the only thing that's really going to save this league from having bad product as we get into November, December. Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll curb the, the, the rant I could go on or, or just the, the, the <laughs> voluminous spittle of information I could, I could th- but, 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 but honestly, yeah, the, the truth is, is that the NFL as an enterprise is like it can only do so much – and when people get hurt, like, 
it's not on the NFL to develop talent from the ground up, you know, from like Pop Warner all the way up. They can they can influence, they can certainly throw money in certain directions, but at a certain point, there has to be some other entity that helps develop talent. And and college just doesn't do that because college has too much money influence. So it, well, it's lacking. Ser- I mean, the, the problem exists because both both college football and the NFL are kind of the same product on two different levels they, they both are competing for the same kind of thing well, the, problem with, the, the difference between college football and pro football is the college offense is just evolving completely different with the nfl offenses and that disparity between college offenses and college defenses and talent between offense and defense in college and depth and all these other things means you don't have to you don't run pro sets anymore in college you have quarterbacks that are extremely mobile who use their feet a lot who do things on their own you know a guy like jordan travis for example of florida state that guy you know finished in the top five in the heisman that guy does a lot of things that just from his sheer athletic ability he can make plays that guy's not an nfl quarterback he doesn't run an nfl system he doesn't you know he's he wouldn't he wouldn't last you know a full season without getting banged up and hurt so you're not developing no college, college coaches have the exact same end game that NFL coaches have and that's to win to win so that's exactly all it is it's if that means to run an offense that would never exist at the NFL level but it'll work at the college level they will do it 100% uh, and, and, I mean and the college game is sort of a one player league in certain levels I mean just look at what happened in Colorado when Travis Hunter went down they had a two way player that's one of the best players in the country got hurt and Colorado was just a non-factor for the. Well, look at Florida State. I, sure. Oh, if, sure. If, if their quarterback doesn't go down right now. I am in a month of agony. The fact that Florida State is probably a three seed in the playoff. As soon as one player, their quarterback goes down, the perception with the college football committee and everything is they are not one of the four best teams anymore. One player did that. Yeah. So that's the. I mean, look at the Vince Youngs of the world who just single-handedly won national championships for their team. Sure. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and and honestly, it, it takes a uh, a lower level of live bullets action to kind of get people acclimated, so that when the call comes at the next level, they are not a deer in the headlights, like you said. They're never going. I will never make the argument that it will make a great player, but it will make a useless player into a serviceable player. That's the argument I will make. In any case. Um, as we talk about developing talent and coaches and stuff, Wink Martindale had a a press conference that really caught the eye of a lot of Giants fans, so we're going to talk about that. And just coaches in general going forward uh, as, as this year comes to a close because we're in the home stretch after this game, only four more games to go. So we're going to talk about all that stuff before we talk about the Packers game. But before I do all that, during this episode, this preview game against the Packers, I will be drinking beer by Oak Flower Brewing. That shit exploded all over me again, second time. Jesus awesome. Christ, Grump. It's kind of like drinking like stone cold. I don't view that as a negative when my beer explodes when I pop it open. I think that's positive. In any case, I'm promoting a local brewery, A, because they are a small business, and B, because they make a great product, and that's just like us. So, uh, you know, tell a fellow Giants fan about Just Giants podcast and crack open an oak flower beer for yourself. Cranky, do you feel any different about Wink Martindale now that he spoke to the press and said that New York is a destination, he hopes to stay here, etc.? No, not at all. I don't listen to coach speak. I don't care what these guys say. I think right now we are in image saving mode right now. And just they don't want to be on the bad side of, you know, 
a never-ending flow of uh, opinion and the the tide going against you as being on the outside looking in or a dead man walking. Um, I think everybody everybody is saying the right things to at least get through this season. Um, and again, if if things are the same, if you want to believe what he says, if things are the same as they were last year, then there should be nothing to worry about. If if they had a you know a strained relationship or they butted heads or something, he would have been gone last year. He would have been encouraged to take another job or he would have been flat out fired. He's still here. And I honestly think that next year, unless he gets another – I don't think he's going to turn down requests to interview for a head coaching job or even a lateral job. I mean you know, just because it's a lateral job, it's someplace – pays more or maybe it's just a better fit better situation for him you know that would not surprise me if he puts feelers out there his agent puts feelers out there but i honestly think that barring him proactively finding another gig and moving on i think he'll be back next year i couldn't agree more uh i i don't listen to press conferences for a reason and it's because it's prepared uh anything that happens off the cuff i will hear about anyway so yeah, I mean, this is exactly like you said. It's saving face because when he goes on, it, first of all, he does. He's done a fantastic job this year, and it is with the offense operating poorly this year. It's very clear how good of a job Wink Martindale has done this year. Um, it's very difficult to have a staunch defense for fifty-eight minutes of a game while your offense sits around and does dick for two minutes. It's not the same as having a great defense for 35 minutes in a game or or 25 minutes a game or anything in between. Uh, It's a much harder task. And he did a great job last year, but it might have been overshadowed by Brian Dable or Wink Martindale uh, or or Mike Kafka or Joe Shane because they were able to get something out of the offense so quickly or whatever. But now you have two years of Wink Martindale doing a good job. He will definitely be getting head coaching interviews, and he will definitely take them. And I think that if he gets an offer, I think that there's a good chance that he will take it. And when that happens... It will be a saving face moment. It will be, well, you know, we mutually parted ways. You know, I had this opportunity. Oh, I wanted to stay in New York. Coaching job, he's, there is none even any need for that. I got offered a head coaching job and I took it. End of story. That's, well, that's what I'm that's saying. Like, then the yeah. last thing we heard was this press conference where he wanted to stay here and, you know, whatever. So no one will ever blame anyone if that happens. And I fully expect that to happen. But at the same time, he has been a, an acclaimed defensive coordinator for quite a while now. And he has not gotten a head coaching job. I do think that there is a chance that he's back here next year simply because he doesn't get a head coaching job. And he probably does have it pretty good here. And I do think now that multiple beat reporters have said that it's kind of John Mara's place to sit down and intermediate whatever whatever uncommon ground there is between coaches and kind of see if there's a way to smooth things over. I honestly do think that there is a pathway for him to be here next year, and it really comes down to what other teams think of Wink Martindale more than anything else. Actions speak louder than words. The reason why there was a press conference where Wink Martindale was able to say whatever he said is because the New York Football Giants as an organization allowed him to have a press conference to say whatever he wanted to say. If there was clearly issues... Do you really think they would let him be out there and, and, and field questions from the media about anything? I mean, most teams don't have coordinators speak, whether even like during the regular season. Like maybe they do. Again, this was a bye week, so maybe on the bye week, but usually they don't. So 
to uh, to kind of choreograph this dog and pony show for him to say we wanted to say there had been some sort of okay and maybe that's the mayor thing already happened that mediation and we've come to understanding if it's that serious and that bad but the fact that they let him go out there even to say that to me tells me that things aren't quite as bad as we think they might be yeah or or i think that maybe their relationship had always been dan duggan reported early on that their relationship was not normal like i mean early on like the training camp of the first year uh that their relationship was abnormal uh, it may be that their relationship is closer to that level of, of abnormal now than whatever happened to initiate the Jake Laser report. Do you know what I mean? Like there may yeah. have been a one or two, you know, cascade of events that that happened that really put them in a bad place. That yeah, maybe maybe they could work their way back to just they're not friends, they're coworkers. You know? Yeah, I mean, again, we don't know. Again, I've never been. I've never worked for an NFL team. I don't know how. The week by week cadence goes, you know, is it like a band where four guys sit in a room and they write music together and they're together 24 seven and then they they play music, they record, they stay tour, they're in the same hotel room together and then they're, you know, get sick of each other in a couple of years. Or is it more of like a CEO where, you know, Wink is with the defense, you know, he's working with, you know, the defensive line coach and the special teams coach and he's working on players and he's in the room film and evaluation and he's kind of interacting with. Uh, Dable one hour a day or two hours a day as opposed to constantly together where, you know, friend versus coworker doesn't really matter as much. I mean, if I, I don't know how that works and maybe someday we'll get, you know, get to talk to somebody who can give us more of the inner workings of within a, an organization during the season. But again, if it was that, that bad and this is a team Fair or unfair has every right to throw a scapegoat out there and throw a bone to the fan base and the media. Somebody could get launched. And, you know, Kafka, Wink, special teams coach, everybody's still here. So I don't think it's as bad as we all think it is. I think, uh, again, when we get to the offseason, there'll be an evaluation and there may be some mutually agreed to move on or people get other jobs. But. If it was that bad, we've seen around the league, Buffalo firing their offensive coordinator. We, 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 uh, you know, we, I, I, we, Carolina got rid of their whole coach. Yeah. And then today, for example, uh, the Chargers, their defensive backs coach just left. He's going to the Gators as our new defensive back coach, just left in the middle of the season. Now, I don't know the backstory there, but you know something? People don't just leave to go to college. Maybe, you know, Chargers, maybe that was some one of those. Hey, you may want to take this job type of things. So you're going to get run or something. Well, even know. let's let's take a more more close to home example. Uh, the, that final Joe Judge year, shit was a mess. Shit was an absolute mess. We knew Rob Sale was leaving. We knew it, and it I told did you first. It yeah, did. I it knew. didn't happen during the season. Mm-hmm. We, I mean, it became official at the end. So, Pat Hanlon, Giants PR guy, runs a very inside the building tight ship so you know you're right anything that's press conference related is very vetted and um calculated yeah 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 so there's yeah um there was some sort of uh i i we we debated last episode whether or not to start tyrod taylor or tommy devito going forward and there is some sort of 
thing that we didn't acknowledge, I didn't say. Um, but I do think that there is some level of risk to losing some people in the locker room by picking Tommy DeVito over Tyrod Taylor. We both agreed that Tyrod Taylor, if you were to match up quarterback skills side by side, it's not particularly close. It's not super far away, I don't think. I mean, we're not we're not really talking about a even like third round draft pick versus an undrafted free agent. You know what I mean? These these are guys that come from humble beginnings. Uh, one's just got plenty of experience, and the other one doesn't. And I think that's really the only difference between the two of them. And that's and that's the biggest difference that really that really is the difference between the two is you know things like Tyrod Taylor's ability to be in the pocket and yes. versus and that's Hang. The, that one thing is a huge, huge thing. Sure, yeah, and but and and it speaks to it. You know what we've seen. Uh, granted, we played uh, some some worse teams the last couple of weeks, but uh, well, I would even say, yeah, we played yes. some worse. We we played some worse teams. That I, I just had to remember who was the quarterback against the Jets. Um, we've I seen. Thinking, I was even thinking about the Jets. I was just thinking about just the last two weeks. But no, yeah, the, yeah. Jets, the Jets. The Jets is actually like a really, really good defense, um, but. That that's sort of beside the point. In the in the last couple of weeks, we've seen a marked difference, not just in the output of Tommy DeVito, but just the input has been different. You know, he's hanging in the pocket a little bit better. He looks a little bit more calm. Uh, he's not freaking out the moment his first read isn't there. So yes, the experience is clearly the biggest thing lacking for him. Um, the risk of losing the locker room for that is something that we didn't address, uh, but I don't think that it did. You know, the Giants announced Tommy DeVito. We haven't watched the game yet. Brian Dable, you know, there is some criticism for how they've handled some things throughout this year, but I think it's pretty clear they have not lost the locker room at all, right? They they would have lost these last two games against really bad teams and lost them really badly due to lack of effort. They, they you know, they, they they won these last two games, and they we we both mentioned it, you know. Being at the New England game and during our text during the game, we said it on the show the last couple of weeks. They're still trying. These are guys that are playing for their NFL futures, and they are still playing for their future with the Giants. And I really haven't – the only time I thought in the last month where I thought this team – they might have been packing it in was during that Dallas game, and that was just a game that got out of control. But I packed since it then, in during that game. Yeah, he, he Grum packed it in, you know, and he never packs it in. But the last couple of weeks were every opportunity. It's like we have Tommy DeVito playing. We're playing – you know, we're playing these two dregs. The season's over, not making the playoffs. And there was effort. There was, and they won, and they, they executed for, for what their ability level is at this point. So I don't think the, but they had to accept what was kind of happening. It's like, well, Tyrod Taylor is, out. well, first, uh, Daniel Jones is out. Tyrod Taylor is next man up, has to play. He's out, next man up. Now is the first time where it's really, Okay, <laughs> are we really trying to win games? Is the best quarterback playing this week to give us the best chance to win? And you know, Tommy DeVito might be a really likable guy. Uh, you know, it's again, the perception has been brought out there. You know, both by the media and by the Giants themselves, as he's just you know, and I, I didn't want to go through it all again, but you know what Tommy DeVito is. And that might help things out, but you know, if this team still, you know, thinks it's got a shot at the playoffs, if this team sees Green Bay as a team that can be beat, you know, at home on prime time, 
As much as I don't like Tyrod Taylor, and I've been well, well documented my issues with him and the potential risk of playing him for the reasons why I don't like him, I just don't see bringing keeping Tommy DeVito, and I can't see how that could be an issue. Maybe not at this moment, but potentially next week and the rest of the season going forward. Well, there's a couple things. He's only right. been the starter for the next game, so it's not a mm-hmm. decision for going forward. And I do think that it's very easy to stick with the guy who is playing and then when he finally does trip over his own feet, hand it off to the next guy. It's easier to do that than to make the decision to take the ball away from him and give it to the guy, like I said, who gets injured falling on the ground. Um, so, and, and it's for that reason, you know, I still think that, well, first of all, are we trying to tank or are you trying to win as coach? You're because trying to win. Okay, you're trying to win. I still think that it is the smartest thing to do for your team, at least for this week, week 14, to play Tommy DeVito. Tyrod Taylor, because he's been cleared, does not mean that he's 100%. And even when he is 100%, he still gets hurt falling on the ground. I need the backup quarterback to get reps. I need him to know that he is going to play. And I need the guy who knows how to be a backup and has been a backup for like a decade to be the backup. I need the guy who knows how to prepare for the game and is not physically really 100% to be the one to come off the bench and come in relief if Tommy DeVito is shitting the bed or if he gets hurt. Because when the opposite happens, I know that Tommy DeVito is not experienced enough to come in there and put up much of a fight. And it's a detriment to every single player, including the Saquon Barkleys, the Dexter Lawrences, all those guys who stood up there for useless reps. And when DeVito came in Tyrod Taylor's relief, was that, that was the Jet game, right? That was, that, was, that was the reason that game went off the rails. It was another game where you had a guy come in for half the game with no practice reps and could not run the offense because he's too inexperienced. To me, you have recent history telling you what to do here. That's it. I, I, I don't care about his fat-ass dad and mom. I don't care about the fact that she makes all the food and makes his bed. Uh, that, yeah, it's 100% irrelevant. I am not interested in that. Tommy DeVito could be from Hawaii, Alaska, or the Netherlands for my for my you know no opinion. It does not matter. To me, this is a football decision, and the football decision tells me that the best ability is availability. Tyrod Taylor does not have that. We have to navigate it the rest of the way, knowing that. And the best way to navigate that is to shelf him, limit his snaps. He's if he then if he were if he were you, you, then, then he's a waste. Then he's a, a waste of a he's roster still, spot. He's not. Why? Why is he a waste? Because he has to be the starter. That makes him a waste because he can't be a backup. He's clearly better than Tyrod Taylor. Other he's better than himself. He's clearly better than. than I'm aware of that. Yes. But he and, got hurt this year. He's not. It, this isn't September. It's December, well, that, and he's come off of two injuries this year. Well, that's. That guess that's the biggest thing. Is your point is. If he's not 100% coming back right now, what is he? I mean, if he's just because he's available to be in an emergency backup situation, that's one thing. But if he is, you know, 75% or 80% ready to go, he you have to play him. You can't be you can't be afraid of the what, injury. What, what, hang on. Do you know what the nature of the injury is? Because the answer is broken ribs. Right. And he's been out for four weeks. So mm-hmm. let me ask you, what percentage are you after four weeks with multiple broken ribs? Because it sure as shit ain't 100. 
I don't know. I don't know. I'm not a doctor. So, I so I, everyone is assuming that because he was cleared that we're that the coaching decision comes from a place of even footing, and I don't think that's the case. Being cleared and being ready to play is not the same as being the best option. And so I understand, but like, what I'm saying is, yes, at 100%, Tyrod Taylor is the clear, better quarterback than Tommy DeVito. But is that really what we're operating with? Or is it possible that he's 70% Tyrod Taylor right now? Because I think he might be. Now, we don't, again, me and you don't care what are said in press conferences, but a lot of people do care what the press conferences said. Shouldn't Brian Dable then say, okay, he's cleared to play, he's cleared to play, we don't think he's ready to play as a starter. He's there for an emergency in case something happens with him. Wouldn't that just make this a little more clearer to the locker room, clearer to Tommy DeVito, clearer to Tyrod Taylor, clearer to the to the uh, the locker room, everything? No, because I don't think that what's said at press conferences are what's said in locker rooms. So, I mean, I, all I think you do if you do that is you make the fans understand what your decision is and you make the other team understand what your decision is. That's all you've done. And I think that puts you at a competitive disadvantage to put that information out there. Is that disadvantage, is that disadvantage greater than having a clearly inferior quarterback play? Yes. Hmm. He's not we, – we, they are not oh. that clearly inferior. We have to stop thinking them as both at 100%. Tyrod Taylor at 70% afraid to take hits and taking hits might actually knock him out of the game. And I mean routine hits is not the same and it's not better. That's not better than we, what we, we have. we don't know that too. That, that's that's – Look, man, here, here's what I'm going to say. I, bro- I broke my wrist. It took six weeks to heal, okay? Broke my other wrist when I was older. took six weeks to heal. Broke my ankle. took seven weeks to heal. I did not break multiple ribs and then come back four weeks later and then expect to throw a ball and get hit by 250-pound men. That's you're, all you're I'm also saying. You're not a professional athlete who has 24-7 I, access to far superior— Bones heal oh. as bones heal, though. And people heal at different rates. Does Tyrod Taylor strike you as a guy that heals very quickly? Let's be fucking honest right now. I think that, <laughs> I, I, I think that everyone is very caught up in the Tyrod versus Tommy and they're not thinking about what actually happened to this man. He has multiple fractured ribs. They don't just heal because he's a football player. They heal like everybody else. And he's going to take hits from other professional football players. So well, if, if, I, if it's a medical if it's a medical reason why this is the way it is, then fine. But we don't know that, and I, we're not going to know that unless no. We see but Tommy DeVito, if we see Tommy, De, let's put it this way: if Tommy DeVito is struggling again, let's say he's you know I don't know seven for sixteen, he's sacked four times. He just looks like Tommy DeVito. He just looks like shit. They're not actually playing well. The plays are there, and he's screwing up. Yes. Then you and can he, then you can pull him because the situation well, is well, not let, him let, getting nailed. Let me finish. Let okay. Me finish. And he isn't pulled, and he keeps playing. Then I think there's a lot more to the he's just not ready to play situation. I think we're gonna. I think yeah, but that's a hypothetical situation. Well, that's all we're talking about. This hypothetical because we don't know what his health situation is. Yes, but I'm making a fair assumption based on facts. 
And I'm making a fair assumption too. If you, no, no, you, but you're painting a future position. You're saying if this happens and then the coaches don't do this, yeah, absolutely, a hundred percent agree with you. But that's not really what we're talking about. It, what I'm I'm agreeing with you in that if he turns into a pumpkin at midnight, yes, you can pull him. But if he's getting drilled back there, it's still a point not to put Tyrod Taylor back in there. Uh, to me, the whole thing revolves around the fact that he has only just been cleared to return to football. It does not mean that he's the best option to go forward immediately. If you want to make the decision at week 15 because it's been another week, that's perfectly fine. It would be the same thing if it were Daniel Jones. When was he cleared? Was he cleared he this was, Monday or the, or the Monday before? He when was, was only eligible to return for this game. This is his first possible game to come back to. But when was he cleared? Over when the bye week. I'm, Over the bye week. Was it, was it, was it this week or the week before? It was it was over the bye week. It was in between. Uh, so it was it was it was, week. it was it was the day that we recorded was when he was cleared and he was eligible to return and he was marked returned. So that was so that's when we week. had the debate. Yes. Okay, so we have another week. Again, and I don't know. But here's what I'm going to say too. For, 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 forget who they picked. I'm happy that they made a decision quickly and stuck with it. Agreed. No, no, I agree with you with that. If they're going to go, if they make the decision, whoever it is, fine. That person has to be ready to play. Exactly. And, that, and, and honestly, that's the crux of my point. Is is it's about availability and being ready. If you if you go Tyrod, you risk very seriously having Tommy in a position not ready to play. If you go Tommy, your risk is that Tommy stinks. Not yeah, that but, nobody but anybody is ready to play. Sitting on the sidelines, picking his nose all week too. I mean, he's going to get. There's only get so the many reps, reps to go. Get some reps, one reps also. There's not that many reps to go around during the the week. They only have like two padded practices a week. It's uh, it's the unfortunate reality of the post CBA era is that these kinds of turnarounds make you know hard decisions. The the fact that we're having this level of a conversation at least tells me that this is a debatable conversation. Uh, So at the end of the day, I might have my opinion, but I'm not gonna. I wouldn't. I'm not I, I would not. Uh, yeah. Okay, I, I, I'd be, this would be a much different and much more heated conversation if this is, if a playoff spot is on the line or not. Right now, we're, what are we talking about? We're talking yeah. about you know a team that is not even on the in the hunt list when you look at the playoff. Uh, hey, it depends down. on the network you're watching. If you're watching Fox, we're in the hunt. It's NBC that doesn't think we are. If you're watching MSG Network, we are <laughs> super top of the list. But <laughs> um, yeah. In other injury news, uh, the Giants are coming to this fairly healthy. It looks like Dexter Lawrence will be back this week. Another week without Evan Neal. The interesting thing is, you know, as we're talking about playoffs here, I, I you know, Green Bay has been super hot the last couple of weeks. They just beat the living shit out of Detroit last week. Um, you know, that's also. Uh, that wasn't last week. That was uh, Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. Yeah. And I was going to say that Detroit, it's like a tradition to lose Thanksgiving no matter how good you are. So That's a Jekyll and Hyde team anyway, Detroit. So Yeah. But they've been really hot the last couple of weeks, so I didn't really think much of this game. And, you know, we might be the speed bump in the road that you can rest your starters against, but it's – I am mildly concerned that we might win this game with – Jair Alexander, Christian Watson, definitely out. Quay Walker, probably out. Eric Stokes, definitely out. Darnell Savage, possibly out. Aaron Jones, possibly out. This is a significant amount of firepower, and I want to remind everyone that this is still Jordan Love. Mm-hmm. 
can I do a, a say by the bell timeout for one second? You yes. Just, you just said I'm still concerned we might win with all of these guys out. Well, sure, because right now I, I don't really think it's in our best interest to be winning this game. I, I don't. I don't think it's. Um, you That's know, I, I was trying to lead well, you. To. Well, well, so I was looking at the hand we were dealt here. You know, it is what it is, and, and how things fell. The only games on the schedule I could really pencil in a potential win were, you know, the Patriots game and the Washington game, and we won both of those games, but they weren't really, like, slam-dunk wins. And remember, that Patriot game was a missed chip-shot field goal by New England to tie it. I mean, they really did almost lose that game, and I didn't have any which, confidence which they the were scoring over time. may want to take a look at and see did they really – was that janked on purpose, honestly? Yeah. Um, so, you know – those were the only two I had penciled in, and the, the more I looked at this game, I was like, "Ah, shit, man! What what happens? We're like, we're getting into territory of a fluke play returned for a touchdown might win the game." And, and let's be further away from what uh, these comments are before people, you know, all of a sudden are like, "These guys are rooting for this or that." No, no, yeah, I mean, like, let's be honest. At the, I want to start thinking about how to build from here because this is not the destination for me. This might be Wink Martindale's destination, might be New York. Uh, this, what I'm looking at, this isn't my destination for the New York Giants. I want to build on this. I firmly believe that we have the right people making decisions now. I really like that Joe Shane came in here and cleaned a lot of house uh, and then and upgraded our scouting department. I think that that was solid. Cleaned our cap, cleaned our cap up. Absolutely shredded the cap to pieces. We have a nice strong tie between head coach and GM. We've got a head coach that wants to be hands off but knows when to put hands back on and take the offense back when it needs to happen. I think that we have a lot of the right things here. We've got some really, really solid players. We've got a GM that recognizes it and signs them. I want to continue to build on it. This year, everything that couldn't happen happened, and it just is what it is. I am not one to bitch and complain. I would rather move on. And so I'm looking forward. I'm ready for free agency. I'm ready for the draft. I'm ready for the playoffs. I'm ready for all that stuff to happen uh, so that we can continue to build. The further we move away from a top pick, and, and I'm not a QB or bust guy this year. I'm really not. If it falls into your laps, always take the QB when you need one. But if it's not falling into your laps, I don't think it's an every year thing to trade away everything and go get one. So the further we fall away... The harder it gets to trade up and get one, it means that 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 Cinderella, I don't Goldilocks, that Goldilocks situation of of a top pick falling into our laps right around the time we would need one is becoming more and more of a daydream as we win. The bottom line is you don't want to limit all of your options, whether it's quarterback, you know, the best. Marvin Harrison Jr.'s out there. They're the the, the top uh, Brock Bowers. offensive linemen are out there. You know, all these. You want to have, you want to have options to say, I can do this, or I can do this, or I can do this, or I can do this. Every win going forward says, well, I can't do this, 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 and this anymore. I can only do this and this. If I want to do this, 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 and this, I have to spend capital to do it. And what we want to do is have as many options with as little cost to us as possible. Now. What does that mean as we go to the Meadowlands tomorrow night or tonight as you're listening to this on Monday? That does not mean we are walking in with a big block of cheese in our head. That does not mean I'm borrowing Cranky Wife's Aaron Rodgers cow jersey and rooting for the Packers. This does not mean any of that stuff. We would like to go and be entertained for three hours and have a win. But I'll tell you something. 
in the time it takes for us to leave our seats and get on that train, that's when the tears and the aggravation ends. And I say, all right, we are one step closer to having option this, 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 or this, at this at our disposal. That's the way I'm playing tomorrow, tonight. And yeah. I'm sure you are too, Grump. Yeah, I mean, it's the same thing every time. You and I, by the time we get to the line for the train, we are discussing the game. By the time we sit down, we're either looking at things around the league to see after a win in a good season we're looking around the league to see how the rest of the standings are shaping up and after a loss we discuss the loss and what we need to do going forward and in a loss season like this we're looking at the other games to see how the standings shake out i mean we by the time we hit the train we have pivoted from the in the moment to the Mm -hmm. bigger picture that's how you and i are but when we're in the stands we're in the stands Yeah. I mean, Grump is going to bang his hands against the, the seat in front of us on every, every third down. Every third down. You know, we are going to do the <laughs> every first down. We are going to be very happy when, you know, DeVito makes a nice pass. We're going to be very – we're going to sing back in the New York group if we score a touchdown. You know, we're we're going to tell the, the Packer fans behind us to have not just shut the fuck up. We're going to do all of those things. But it ends <laughs> – that emotional investment ends as soon as the final whistle is blown and we move on. Yeah, so and I think you, I think that's a healthy way. All of you people should do it as well. Don't get super pissed off. Don't have it ruin your weekend. Don't have it, you know. Don't ruin your Tuesday at work because we lost. You know, you should at this point expect this to happen. Yeah, and you can let that happen if we're in the hunt. We are, according to mm-hmm. NBC, we are not in the hunt anymore. You don't have to let it ruin your week. Um, do you think I'm being crazy though? Do you think my concern that we might win this game is me jumping to conclusions i mean i think it's possible i mean this league this year has proven that a lot of things are possible did you think that you know a team like chicago you know beating detroit today for example i mean this is a wonky league this is a i think this is a very mediocre league right now and again having so many backup quarterbacks playing adds to that a lot but there is a lot of parody and a lot of garbage. I mean, I had Red Zone on today, and I was doing work and just kind of watching, you know, 75% paying attention. I'm like, my biggest, my first thing was this is gross. And second of all, it's like, God damn, you know, if we had Daniel Jones and Andrew Thomas doesn't get hurt on a, you know, running back a, 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 a special team screw up or something, we could be right in with all these bozos and all these teams right now. So... Sure. I mean, it, I think it's possible. I, I, I think, you know, it, Green Bay at full full strength, very, very – with with uh, Tommy DeVito, very, very little chance. Yeah, there's, there's a possibility tomorrow. I I would not go to Vegas and bet on it. I would not talk shit to any Packer fan before the game of that we were going to win. But I think it's it's reasonable that it's a possibility. Yeah, I mean, I, I look at the – the, the first thing I usually look at is, like, is our offense going to be able to even slightly move the ball? Because if we can't move the ball, then I don't really care. We're not winning this game. And I see that their leading tackler in Quay Walker is doubtful. Jair Alexander, their number one corner, is ruled out. Their number two corner in Eric Stokes is on IR. Uh, Corey Ballantyne will be starting at corner for them. And then I— Funny, funny text— uh between me and you last week like he's still in the league mm-hmm. and we didn't realize how old he is at this point <laughs> so, yeah. yeah uh and and then darnell savage their their 
uh, rangy safety might miss the game as well. And I'm looking at a secondary that's missing so many people. Now I'm starting to think, okay, maybe there's a chance we can move the ball. Then I look at the defensive side of the ball. And, you know, I knowing that our defense is going to be able to stop or slow down or frustrate even good offenses, now I'm looking at Jordan Love throwing to Romeo Dubs and Jaden Reed because Christian Watson is ruled out. Luke Musgrave, their tight end that they picked up this year that's been fantastic, is on IR. AJ jo- or, uh, Aaron Jones is questionable, and it might just be AJ Dillon going forward. And remember, this is still Jordan Love. This is not Brett Favre or Aaron Rodgers. This isn't an experienced, longtime veteran that has tons of playing time. This is the Wink Martindale confused the hell out of him special, in my opinion. So that's where I arrive at this. There's a chance that we can actually win this game here. Uh, you know, you get one turnover that puts us in scoring position or results in six points, like a pick six or a fumble recovery or something like that. And all of a sudden, you have a really serious game, I, th- I think. Um, at the end of the day, I don't think we win this game. But I do think that it's a lot closer than most Giants fans think. And I think that we lose something like 16 to 13. I, my thought, you know, valid points about all the guys that are, you know, hurt in the secondary and stuff. But the biggest problem with Tommy DeVito is not hitting open guys if they're open or something. It's just the confusion he has when the pocket collapses. And, you know, he has, you know, the, the one read thing and all of a sudden looking down and then what does he do? He's a deer in the headlights and, you know, he goes down. And I, I still think a lot of that's going to happen. So. Can it can a win happen? Sure. Can this game be competitive? Sure. I just when I was watching the game last week against Kansas City, I was just thinking we got to play this team in seven days, and I, I I I can't see it. I mean, I don't. I wouldn't feel that much more confident even if Tyrod Taylor was playing. I know we spent a great a lot live, you know, show capital talking about the two, but I. I, I I don't I don't see a win. I mean, it's possible, but I I am fully prepared to walk out of there with a loss. And I've you know every bit of emotion I've had for football this year is is completely drained out of my body at this point. So I would like to be presently surprised with a win, but I am going there assuming we are going to lose. And I think I agree with you. I don't think this is a disgusting, out of control score, but I think it will be ugly. I think you know our total passing yards and total offense will be roughly the same as it's been for the last couple of weeks um, with the DeVito offense. Um, if I got to throw a score on it, seventeen ten. It's really difficult to to envision us ever scoring much more than ten points. I have us at thirteen, and like I was like thinking of. You know, if the defense scores, like all the stuff, like the most I could ever really see us scoring is twenty points. Yeah, but you can't factor in like, oh, a defense score makes it more. Yeah, I agree. Well, I mean, I, I, I guess you can if you really think that there's that much of a mismatch. Like if we're playing the Jets and you want to be like, yeah, we might score on defense, I'd be like, yeah, you, you might. Do you think Green Bay could have – you think it's – Oh, I, I think I, Green Bay will have a, a defensive score? I don't know about likely but definitely possible. Uh, like I said, like their secondary is super hurt, beat up. But their defensive front, like the, the front 
three or four, however many they feel like rushing, has been on fire lately. It's yes. just the fact that that Quay Walker hasn't is is not likely to play as he's listed as doubtful. That I think that the front four might be a little bit impacted by that. Um, you know, I, but yeah, I I think it's definitely possible that we we see somebody a, a sack fumble or. You know, even even just like a, a running back hit in the backfield that leads to a fumble. Our offensive line stinks. Their defensive line's pretty good. So yeah, <laughs> absolutely. It, and that and that's the biggest thing that scares me with Devito. That, I I would be. Right. I'll say this though. I would be surprised if uh, if there's like a pick six. Like I really do think that their secondary is leaving. See, it's so difficult because you have you have such a good coach. You know what I mean? Like you have a good coach that knows who is not going to play in this game. If they dial up the right offense, it's just like, oh, we're going to hit him with four or five quick hitters to start the game. Like I don't know. Maybe Jalen Hyatt takes a slant to the house. You know what I mean? Like that thing is always still a possibility, and that's what kind of kept me as this is a close game. It was more I coaching think, than anything. I think if there's a pick six, it's something that's caused not by the secondary. I think it's going to be something where – you know, oh, like a batted at the line and then up in the air. Either something like that, or Devito is forced to make a bad decision because of you know, again, inexperience, ineptitude by our offensive line, where he just kind of puts one up for up for grabs, where it's not great job by the secondary. You know, that that defensive back was you know blanketing Hyatt or blankets. Just like that was a pretty easy pick because other things in front of him caused that to happen. Yeah, I could I could see that he hasn't really been. Th- to his credit, um, he hasn't really done a lot of stupid things. Like, really, the dumbest things he usually is doing is taking a sack when he should be throwing it away. Um, yeah. Uh, but, you know, the, the best defense he's faced so far was the Jets, and that was one of those emergency situations that's where— That's when—yeah, where he wasn't prepared. He was really just—he was—that was the most deer in the headlights I think we and saw he was, him. But he was also force-fed an offense that said, you're not going to do anything to, exactly, to put yeah. yourself in trouble. Now with— you know, we're talking. This will be his third start, his fourth week out from it. They're going to give him a little bit more to do. Yeah, yeah. Well, they have a, it's not, not going to be bombs away, but it's they're going to give him a little more license to make a play. <laughs> license to throw. License to throw. It's the the worst James Bond movie ever. Um, I, either way, I think we both see this as a loss. I I think it's real. Where I was going with that is that it's if it's. Difficult for me to ever see us scoring more than 20 points, including a defensive score. It's going to be difficult to to uh, predict any wins going forward. This one, I will say, given the injury report, I'll say has got like a 20% chance of a win. I'll put it in that range. Uh, not going to be likely, but I will see. Like I said, there is a path here. I, I do see that. There is a path, but I think it's unlikely. I'll yes, I, I, I agree. Um, Philly is playing Dallas tonight. Uh, by the time you guys are listening to this, uh, you'll have already known the results and whether or not if it was a uh, a good game or a blowout or a waste of time or <laughs> whatever. Um, who, who do you want? Is there? Are you viewing this game as anything more than entertainment? Uh, and this is usually the time of year and the matchup where we would be pulling really hard for one team or the other. How are you watching this? This isn't 4D chess. This isn't, you know, some sort of convoluted, you know, the path on the way to Oz and how the Giants make the playoffs. To me, games like this are very simple. I root for the team that I hate the least. And right now, I hate Dallas less than I hate Philly. So 
I am. This is the standard thing I always do in college, and I'll say it here for the NFL. I'm not rooting for Dallas. I'm rooting against Philly. That's it. Uh, you know, I, I hate both of these teams, but these teams are entertaining teams to watch. And I think this will be, will be, you know, we've, like I said, I watched a lot of bad football this week. I've watched a lot of bad football most of this year. You know, it, when, when you see a, a Philly San Francisco game coming up or San Francisco Dallas or, you know, Kansas City playing somebody good, you know, they, you want to see at least good games and, I'm going into that thinking, okay, Sunday night, it's cold out. We'll, you know, have some more more hot chocolate. I'll put a fire up on the fireplace. I'll hear a cranky wife, you know, give me more about how great the 49ers are, and I'm going to watch a good game. So I am not rooting for Philly. I'm rooting – I'm not rooting for Dallas. I'm rooting against Philly. He says it's hot chocolate in the coffee mug. It's really absinthe. Um, <laughs> it's almost cyanide. Okay. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. We reach a point where the playoffs are mostly out of reach, and if you're choosing to watch football, like I probably will be, um, then you should be choosing to be entertained. Uh, I am going to root the same as you, and I have always felt like Philly was the more bitter rival for me, personally, growing up in New Jersey, where there's a lot of cross-pollination here. Uh, water there, yeah. Yeah. I, I, not to say that there aren't fake Dallas fans here as well. Lots of uh, sons and daughters of front runners in this area, but it's not the same as a Philly homegrown. There, have you ever met Grump? Have you ever met a bandwagon Philly fan? No, there's no such thing because they there's ain't no one shit. I, I, I well, I, I give them credit in this regard is that they love their teams in a very perverse way that they love their teams always. You know, that nobody decides, you know, it's a cool city. You know, what's really cool is being an Eagle fan or a Sixer fan. I mean, maybe when they had Allen Iverson 25, 30 years ago, but they all have kind of cool uniforms. They all have cool retro stuff, but you never see some random guy who grew up on Long Island or grew up in Florida who are like, you know, I'm down with the Eagles. I mean, nope. so, no, they're never. I mean, you'll see Cowboy fans. You'll see Raider fans. You'll see... Dolphin fans, you'll see giant fans who have no affiliation with living here or, you know, whatever. But Philly, no, they're their own island. And I, in a little bit of a way, I kind of respect that. But that's the amount of respect they get. Other than that, they get zero respect for me because they're a bunch of gutter punk trash. They always have been. They always will be. They, they, they revel in their misery. They are just vile people. They, you know, fuck them. When it spills from sport to sport, you start to think it's the location and not the teams. Um, yeah, uh, I I, uh, I hate Philly more, so I'll be rooting for Dallas to win this game, but in a way that gets as many players injured and knocked out for the rest of the season as possible or, well, or something of that, that nature. I don't necessarily want the players to get injured and knocked out. I want, I want fights in the stands. I oh, yeah. Want, I, I want, want Mike McCarthy to keep his job. I want, yeah, I want cheesesteaks and I want, you know, bandwagoners beating the hell out of each other. You know, Barstool, you want to do something good for once in your life, just show me an endless stream of videos of just brawls because I want them all just to beat the shit out of each other. I, yeah, it, it'd be the height of all sports if you could get someone beating a Dallas fan with a cheesesteak who is fighting back with like a big slab of brisket or something like that. <laughs> I would I would love that. Um, do, do your job, uh, Portney. 
Who do you think is going to win this game? I think Dallas is going to win. I think so too. I think, I, I think Philly's. I think Philly's off a little bit right now, and I think, uh, you know, they just got rolled last week. And I you know, and then all of a sudden you got to come back and you got to play Dallas. I think I, I, I think Dallas is going to steal this one. I don't know if Dallas is going to win, but I think they're going to. It's going to be enough of a fight that it's going to scare a lot of Philly fans. They might think that they might be fundamentally broken because. We've already talked about how mediocre most of the NFL is. The one team that is not mediocre and is healthy and is playing well is the team that beat the shit out of them last week, San Francisco. And if they come into Dallas and they can barely hang or if they lose to Dallas, I think a lot of Eagles fans are going to worry that they're just not that good. I mean, the tape to me tells me this year, this Eagles team is not nearly as good as the one last year. They're winning more, but the NFL is not that good this year. And all it takes is one loss in during the playoffs, and you're out. So, Should they have lost that Dallas game the first time they played? I think you can make that argument. Yeah. It's been a while, so I, I haven't watched enough of it to, to really give you a complete answer. But Yeah. And then, obviously, you know, the San Francisco game was... They lost to the Jets, man. I mean, like, just (laughs) just the the actual film tells me that the Eagles are just not as good this year. They don't look nearly as scary. They don't look nearly as tough on defense. I don't know why. I don't know what it is about getting Jalen Carter that made them look worse. But it's really, I think, losing TJ Edwards at the middle linebacker position really set them back. I think Darius Slay is kind of... Oh, he's... He, yeah. Yeah. Worse than even before. Yeah, agreed. Um, I think also that all-pro vote for James Bradbury was a little bit crazy. Um, I'm going to go with a lot of bit crazy. Yeah. And then it went to his head, so. Maybe, yeah. Although he has been clearly better than, than Darius Slay, like you said. And, and you know, I think Both that are. Shane Steichen leaving really hurt that offense, too. Mm-hmm. Sure. So, I think Dallas wins this game. Um, it'll be interesting, though. Uh, but I'll leave you with this. If you're watching this game, don't watch for Giants playoffs or don't watch for anything else. Just watch Stop. to be entertained the same way that if you choose to watch Dallas or the, the Giants Monday night against the Packers, watch it to be, be entertained and have a good time. If you want really the Giants to lose so badly that you're going to get upset when they score, then don't watch. Just do something else with your Monday night. There's plenty of shit you could be doing. I have a great idea for tomorrow if you what you want to do. You want to go to L16 and check us out at the tailgate before the game. And if you really want to be entertained, Grump and I have a ticket to sell sitting next to us at the game. If you want to enjoy three hours of this podcast in real time watching a game together, hook us up. Have, how, do we, how do they find us on, on, on the uh, – on the Twitter machine, Grump, so they can get in contact with us. All of our ads are right there on the screen. I'll make ourselves bigger so you can see it. At football underscore Grump, at the Cranky Fan, you can send a DM to either one of us, and we will make it happen. We um, sit, yeah, we sit in the lower bowl in the end zone. They're pretty decent seats, so we have an extra one available. Um, however, if you're a Green Bay fan, the offer is not extended to you. Please be a, you know, obviously, if you are a Green Bay fan listening to if this. If you're a Green Bay fan willing to wear a Giants jersey, then it will... It will be okay, but... Yes, yes. But, yeah, we'd like to... Uh, anybody out there who wants to enjoy the, uh, you know, the Just Giants experience in real time, we have we have a, a, an option for you. And for everybody else who are not able to go or whatever, you can enjoy the Just Giants experience on iTunes, SoundCloud, Spotify, YouTube, especially. 
Uh, and tell a friend, you know, tell tell other Giants fans that you know that you listen to this great podcast on YouTube or Spotify or whatever and send we, them our way. We just hit a milestone for number of subscribers on uh, on YouTube now. Not, we're not exactly the same as Taylor Swift with the number of people who watch your, her, your shit on YouTube, but we really appreciate every single one of you. I mean, Grump and I do this purely for fun. We don't get paid. We have no sponsors. We have... We put zero dollars into marketing this thing, and you know we really appreciate that people actually listen to us, or at least hit the subscribe button. They may just ignore everything we do, but we really, really appreciate it. And like I said, if you're at L16, you know tomorrow, come by and say hi. If you want to sit with us, let's do that. If you just want to meet up at a bar, we you know get into playoff season. We we'd love to do that too. So we really do appreciate it. Absolutely, and uh, Taylor Swift. Uh... She might have more subscribers, but she's got less ass than both of us. So, um, yeah, no kidding. Jeez. <laughs> like, take that, Travis Kelsey. Ouch. Take your take your billions and shove it. Anyway, <laughs> we will catch you guys on uh, Friday morning. Uh, no, sorry, uh, it'll be t- Wednesday morning. Wednesday morning. We're gonna record an episode Tuesday night for Wednesday morning. It will be the review episode of the Packers game, and then on. Thursday night we will record our preview episode for the next coming week for Friday morning. So before be sure to subscribe so you don't have to remember anything that I could barely just remember. If you subscribe, it'll just be there waiting for you in the morning and you'll know that an episode is ready. Um and we'll see you guys then. Until then, go Giants. Go Giants.